Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. I'm in the studio. I've got a friend of mine with me. We're going to be talking about feasting on the Word of God. We're going to be breaking open John 6, where Jesus said, drink my blood and eat my flesh. And so we're going to be diving into that a little bit today. It's going to be a powerful episode. For those who are new to Awaken Podcast. We have an episode releasing every Monday on charismapodcastnetwork.com. You can also go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, pretty much anywhere podcasts are listened to, Audible. You can also go to YouTube. If you go to YouTube, there's hundreds of hours of video, interviews, free content for you guys to access. So make sure to subscribe, like, comment. It helps get this out to more people so they can be blessed, they can be awakened. They could be encouraged by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I'm always excited to have people in the studio with me. I love doing the Zooms. That's great. But when someone can come into the studio, it's just for me, it's just real. I get to see him face to face. We're talking in person. We're breaking bread. We're having a cup of coffee and we're talking about the things of God. And so Eric Gilmore is not foreign to Awaken Podcast. He's been on probably three or four times. He just came into town and preached at our regional gathering about feasting on the Lord and intimacy with God. And it was so powerful. And so if you don't know Eric Gilmore, he is um, from uh, Sonship International, a powerful ministry. He's an author, itinerant minister. He'll tell you a little bit more about his ministry, but he really carries such a deep intimacy with God. When I first met him a few years ago, we clicked right away because his heart is just for Jesus devotion, adoration for the Lord, walking in that place of God's presence, the practice of the presence of God, and how every bit of fruitfulness or success or breakthrough or anointing flows from that place. Eternal life is to know Him. That's why we were born. That's why we were created. If you if you watch this show, if you listen to the show, you know that's my heart and that's where we go here. And so, Eric, man, thanks for joining me. Oh, it's my honor, man. Come on, man. So tell us a little bit about your ministry, kind of what you've been up to, and um, just love to hear it. Yeah, we're mainly itinerant, uh, just traveling and trying to bring the church into a deeper awareness, consciousness, and experience of God's presence in their daily life. Mm-hmm. So we've written close to 30 books now. We've got awesome. e-courses. We've got uh, a YouTube channel with lots of free resources on there. We have a mentoring program on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Yeah. Uh, we also have, uh, inv- we're involved at Nations Church, the Daniel Kalinda's church plant. Awesome. In yeah. Orlando, which mm-hmm. has been amazing. We have lots of music out there as well. We do worship and then also instrumentals. So we're yeah. many branches, but one purpose, and it is to experience mm. the presence of the Lord as life supply, yeah. and life's life source. Oh, yeah. So many people texted me yesterday. They're like, man, that guy, Eric, does he have content online? Like, we got <laughs> we got messed up yesterday when he shared about the love of God in, in the best way possible. And I'm like, oh, yeah, go to YouTube. He's got tons of stuff. You have your, you have your podcast as well. You yeah. release stuff on your podcast and YouTube. I highly re- recommend going to YouTube just because he does behind-the-scenes stuff all the time in his travels. He talks to the pastors, leaders, ministers, you know, in areas that he goes and gets a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff as well as just what God's speaking to him you know, in that season and time. And so there's a lot of rich stuff as long, and, and your devotionals are awesome too, man. And so Thanks, let's, let's crack open the word. I really, let's, let's do John six, because I feel like a lot of people don't really understand mm-hmm. what Jesus is saying in John six. Yeah. And you really broke it down so well. And so, but in John six, you have all these different people following Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he pretty much starts talking about eating his flesh, mm-hmm. drinking his blood, and everyone left him. Everyone was like, this guy's out of his mind. What's he talking about? Eating his flesh, drinking his blood. And then he looked at his disciples. He's like, you guys could leave too if you really want to. 
And they're like, where else are we going to go? We just, you, you are the ones with, you are the one with, um, with words of life. They had no clue what he was talking about, but they felt the life and the spirit that was coming from his words. And so I want to crack that open because I feel like we we could demystify that a little bit so people could understand it more. That sounds great. Yeah. It doesn't feel right doing it from my phone, but it's dark in here. So <laughs> You but, did bring your Bible. It's I in did. here. but <laughs> So there's this interesting point that you just brought up. It was uh, the Passover feast was near verse five of chapter six. It says, mm-hmm. Jesus lifting up his eyes and seeing a large crowd coming to him, Mm. coming to him. He said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that they may eat? The Mm. first thing on Jesus's mind when people come to him is he wants to feed them. Mm. He wants to satisfy them. Yeah. And this is just indicative of the fact that anybody who comes to the Lord, they will be satisfied because it's the first priority of Christ to give himself as satisfaction to those who come to him. Mm-hmm. And this is very important, I think, for me personally. I, I know you'd mm-hmm. say the same, that mm-hmm. if my heart finds not satisfaction in Christ, it looks elsewhere. That's right. And that's the problem of humanity. That's mm-hmm. the problem of Adam is looking for satisfaction somewhere else. But like John Piper once wrote, he said, mm-hmm. sin is what we do when we're not satisfied with God. So good. Satisfaction is not a side issue. And bread has to do with that being satisfied. Jesus says, whoever eats of me will never hunger. He stops all the longings of the soul by giving himself as as bread. Mm-hmm. Haven't you seen that to be something that oh, you yeah. live by? Oh, 100%. By I have to, man. I know. <laughs> I know I'm bankrupt without his presence. I know that. With uh, you know, It's a beautiful thing because people will be like, yeah, well, you know, I got the power of God. I've got the spirit of God. I believe that. We need to be confident in what he's deposited on the inside of us. But some of my greatest moments of encounter and intimacy with God is just coming in to saying, hey, God, I'm hungry. I need you. <laughs> Lord, I'm nothing without you, God. You know, is that, is that? And then he just comes with his sweet presence to feed us. I love you said how the Lord, he wants to come. And he wants to feed us. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people might say, when you when you said that, I thought to myself, I've I'm hearing voices of people of things I've heard before of like, man, all this talk of like God wanting to feed us, God wanting to love us, pour into us, isn't that like a selfish focus? Shouldn't we like <laughs> be about loving him? Won't that make us passive? Or shouldn't we be about loving him or going out and doing the stuff and all that's good? But a lot of people would say like, oh man, all these people always talking about God wanting to feed us or love on us. Like, isn't that a little bit more of a selfish focus? What would you say to that? I would say that the scriptures tell us that from him to him and through him are all things. Mm-hmm. So good luck loving the Lord without the Lord. <laughs> it, we, oh, yeah. we throw ourselves in bankruptcy at mm. his feet. Yes. And there he's able to quicken the heart. You know, the the reality is, is that I can't love him without him. I can't desire him without him. I can't see him without him. I can't understand without him. David in Psalm 119 over and over, he says, give me understanding. Uh, he said, open my eyes to see the wonderful things in your law. In other words, it's right in front of me and I can see it, but there's a sight that I don't have that I need from you. Yeah. Or even like David would go so far as to say, Lord, let my prayer come before you. Like yeah. I need God to be heard by God. Yeah. There's a there's a bankruptcy and an emptiness on the inside that causes the heart to, I don't know, mm-hmm. be able to receive the Lord as life. So it's gotta yeah. be from him. It's gotta be to him and through him. So I would say if you have any kind of ministry, 
that mm-hmm. doesn't issue forth from a place of absolute bankruptcy, mm-hmm. then there's some level of self-consciousness and self-confidence there. Mm. And if we know anything about God, independence, yeah. we, we know nothing is as opposed to God as yeah. self-confidence and self-consciousness. Mm. You know, I had a buddy of mine, we're in the mission field, and he was just like, man, he saw that I was just drinking in the love of God. And I was like, I'd, I'd walk into his room and I'd be like, man, you ready? Like God's saying this and that. And he would just be like, his heart was like, yes, I want that. But he was having a hard time tapping in and really receiving from God himself. Mm-hmm. And he's like, man, I just feel like I'm always hungry. I feel like I'm always hungry, but I'm not being satisfied. And I didn't know how to answer him in the moment. And my own knowledge, I was saved probably four or five years. I was in the word, revelation of the word, walking in intimacy with God. But the Lord gave me a download in that moment. He was just like, I'm just always hungry, but I'm just not being satisfied. And I was like, man, where do you think that hunger comes from? Mm. That hunger does not come from your flesh. That hunger does not come from you. That hunger comes from God. You can't hunger for God without God. And so even the fact that you have hunger in your heart for God, it's the Lord in you hungering. It's Christ in you. You are one with him. The one who joins with the Lord is one spirit with him. Mm -hmm. And so he's on the inside hungering and you're experiencing that with him. So you could experience an intimacy and a oneness and a nearness with the very fact that he is in you causing you to hunger for him. And now just enjoy him and recognize that he's close and recognize that he's the one producing these desires in you and just dwell with him in that place. And he was just like, what in the world? Like, I've never thought about it that way before, but we can't hunger for God without God. If the Holy Spirit lifted his presence Mm. off of the earth and didn't dwell with mankind anymore, first of all, we'd be shot into oblivion because he holds all things together by the power of his word. But besides that, like there'd be no hunger for God in the land of the living. Mm Mm-hmm. We would be left to our own devices. We would be the worst version of ourselves. It's sin would take over. And so it's just when, when people are starting to wake up and recognize the goodness of God or people are starting to realize the, the corruption of their own ways and start reaching out to God, that is the work of the Holy Spirit in our midst. And so mm-hmm. uh, just saying that to confirm what you said, like we need the Lord's operation and the presence of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to even come to him. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds, proceeds out of the mouth of God. There mm-hmm. is a perpetual coming of the Lord. There's a perpetual mm-hmm. feeding. Sons are the re, are the perpetual recipients of God. Mm-hmm. We are living by Him as life supply. He says, mm-hmm. "I am the life." Mm-hmm. It, you know, I was saying last night mm-hmm. at the meeting that it's it's as if the Father, Son, and Spirit were in heaven before the creation of the world. Yeah, and they were contemplating on how to communicate themselves mm-hmm. to these humans who will lose consciousness of him yeah. through, through the fall. Mm-hmm. And then it's like Jesus says, let's create a principle called food for life that they have to eat in order to live. Mm-hmm. And that eating is an enjoyable and satisfactory thing and it causes them to live. Mm-hmm. And if they do not eat, they will not be satisfied and they die. Mm-hmm. We'll create that principle. And then when I come to the earth, Mm -hmm. I'll be able to communicate so much to them with one statement and I will stand up in front of them and all they, uh, they look at me who operate (laughs) by this principle and live by this principle of food for life. And I will put both my hands up in the air and I will say, I am food for you. And then they will understand what we are for them. They must receive us. They must receive me Mm. because that will satisfy their souls and perpetuate and cause them to grow in life. 
Mm, I love that, man. It's so good. It's so good. And then he goes on, Jesus goes on to say, okay, guys, well, drink my flesh. I mean, eat my flesh <laughs> and drink my blood. And everyone's yeah. standing there like, like, like Nicodemus. Jesus says, you have to be born again. And Nicodemus is like, how am I going to get into my mother's womb and be born again? I'm 50 years old, 60 years old, or whatever it may be. They're just thinking practically, but we need the spirit of God to understand the things of God. Oh, totally. Uh, we need the spirit to gain revelation, to understand the things of God, to unpack his words, to bring that kind of light. So Nicodemus had no clue what he was talking about. He's trying to rationalize in his natural mind, what in the world is Jesus talking about right now? But these guys were like, okay, step further, cannibalism. What in the world is going on right here? And so let's let's unpack that a little bit because... You yeah. know, I've, uh, it's very rare for me to hear somebody share on those, on that scripture. And even the fact that Jesus made uh, wine to be a symbol of his covenant yeah. and, and bread. He says, this is my body. And he broke the bread. This is wine. And I love the fact that he made wine, the blood of the covenant, <laughs> just like in song of songs. It says your love is more intoxicating than wine. Mm -hmm. We say that to him. He says that to us. You know, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, the yeah. Apostle Paul said. So there's so much um, relation in Scripture to wine and the kind of drunkenness we could experience in his love. Oh, yes. And so anyways, I know that really goes together, John 6 and how Jesus mm -hmm. even made uh, bread and wine to be yeah. so significant in this covenant. Yeah, Luke 22, Jesus says a wonderful statement. And every time I read it, I almost, I can almost hear him. Mm -hmm. saying it. It's one of those verses that when you read it, you can see his lips moving. Mm -hmm. He says this, he says, man, bro, feel the Lord. <laughs> he says, yes. I have eagerly desired to eat this meal with you, this Passover meal with you. He has a burning desire. He's expressing to us his heart. I long to eat with you. I want to dine with you. And that is specifically the bread and the wine. And in 26 of Matthew, 26, 26, actually, Jesus is standing in their midst. That's being in the presence of the Lord. Yeah. There, in the presence of the Lord, the Lord breaks bread and gives himself as food. And mm -hmm. there he gives them wine, which is, he says, is the covenant of my blood, the new yes. covenant in my blood. Yes. So he, in his presence, gives them food and drink. He gives them a meal of himself. Mm-hmm. In his presence. And mm -hmm. that to me is a, a very good way to understand what the new covenant is because mm -hmm. it's Jesus' chosen imagery mm -hmm. to explain and expound what the new covenant is. Yeah. Eat me, receive me in my presence. Let me mm -hmm. feed you and let me be, give you that intoxicating wine mm -hmm. of my spirit. Yeah. The, the, the bread and the wine together. It is mm -hmm. in fellowship with Christ that we experience the riches of the divine life. Mm -hmm. A man who neglects this table of the Lord, as Paul would call it, if you neglect the table of the Lord, what, what really happens is you miss a thousand joys, man. Yeah. Not only do you miss a thousand joys, but you miss life itself. And you'll find as I've done this many times, more times than I would like to admit, yeah. but like to dine at the table of devils or to dine at, mm. or to neglect the table of the Lord, both of these things kill you. Uh, and they work hand in hand. If you neglect one, you're feasting with the other. At the end of the day, like you're giving your affection and your attention to something. You know what I mean? And by dining at the table of the demonic, like you said, you're not just talking about like gross sin. Yeah, We're sure. talking about just things that, that, that entrance us, that, that pull our, our heart away from the Lord, that even harden us, that yeah. pride. Turn our, 
Pride. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Pride is the meal of the devil. Mm-hmm. You eat it, you will get sick with poison. Mm-hmm. But when we come to the table of the Lord and we sit with him, oh, this is so important. You know what's really important too, I think, mm-hmm. is that in this chapter, I'll read it, Jesus has them fed um, after he multiplies the bread. It's a miracle, right? Mm-hmm. And then it says that Jesus gave, they gave to all who were seated all who were seated, Jesus had told them to sit down and to those who sat, he gave food. Here's the problem. Bread is not given to people who don't sit. (laughs) Bread is given to the one who sits. And so a lot of times we're running around, like we were talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. busyness is artificial significance to quote Mm -hmm. Bill Johnson or haste gives the impression of importance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you have this multiplicity that men try to find some type of significance in, but the reality is sitting with the Lord, just literally coming to him, resting with him and dining at that table. That's where life is found. I I told the story last night of the Mm. French peasant Mm -hmm. who was in the, uh, the chapel, the the cathedral and the priest would walk through every day and see him sitting there for hours. He's wondering day by day, why is this peasant in here? Just sitting here. I'm going to go up to him today. I'm going to find out what is he doing? So he walks up to the French peasant and he says, sir, I see you in here every day, just sitting here doing nothing. Why are you here? And the French peasant looks at him and he goes, I look at him and he looks at me and we are happy. (laughs) I love that so much. It's a beautiful story to define what it means to just come and sit before the Lord. Even as Jesus says in verse 57, this is one of the most powerful verses in the whole chapter, I believe. He says, as the living father sent me, and I live because of the Father. So he who eats me, he also will live because of me. That is incredible. He just mm-hmm. basically showed us that as he as a human lived by the power of his Father, we can live as humans by eating the Lord, yeah. receiving him mm-hmm. as a life-dash supply. Mm-hmm. That in and of itself is the difference between those who try to walk out the nature of the Lord but don't have the nutrients that come from his nourishment Mm -hmm. and those that actually sit and receive the nourishment that gives the nutrients necessary to walk out his nature. Praise God. Oh, man. That's so, I love, you're talking about sitting with the Lord. Yes. Sitting with the Lord. Some that stands out to me a lot in scripture, I don't even know how many times it is. I got to count one of these days where it said Jesus was at, somebody's home. Specifically, I think of John chapter 11 and 12, where he raises Lazarus from the dead. And in John chapter 12, he is at their home, Mary, um, you know, Martha, Lazarus, Lazarus, and he is reclining at their table. I just love that terminology. It's just like the Lord is reclining with them. Mm. Oh, it's so good. It's like, man, Lazarus, he was just raised from the dead. Just get out there and tell people, man, like go and preach the gospel, bro. Like, aren't you grateful? You were dead and now you're alive, you know, but instead the Lord is just reclining Mm. with him at the table. And Lazarus was now just a trophy of the goodness of God, shining forth his glory and his magnificence. And so Mm. as you're talking, I'm even thinking about certain passages like this is symbolic throughout scripture. This is not just in a few places. Obviously we have the blood and the wine of the new covenant. We have here in John six, eating the flesh, drinking the blood. We have in revelation in the first few chapters where Jesus said, I'm knocking on the door of your heart. 
I want to come in and I want to eat with you. Yeah. I want to sup with you. I want to have that time with you. I'm knocking. I'm I'm here. I got everything with me. You don't need to buy it. You don't need to bring any money. You don't need to bring the goods. I've got the meal. Just let me in. That's all I'm asking for. And then I even thought of a passage I haven't thought of in a while where it just talks about the marriage supper of the lamb. Mm-hmm. That we have a feast here on this earth. He is our feast. And we have that table with him here. Yeah. And we are going to graduate. We're going towards a feast. Like everything is a yeah. feast with the Lord. <laughs> he just wants to feed us. Like you're talking about. I just thought of like, wow, even the marriage supper of the Lamb, that we will sit with him and yeah. we will feast with him in eternity. So beautiful, man. Matthew 22, 1, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like a feast. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of heaven is like a feast. You know, we're we're always trying to sweat to get something <laughs> That's done. That's a curse. It, it is the curse. That's a curse. Jesus is saying, eat. You know, maybe somebody listening to us right now loves the Lord, but they're having like a real issue with sin. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I want to I get over this, but I just, for some reason, I just can't seem to have the strength to overcome this in my mind or in my heart, whatever. Mm-hmm. Eat the Lord. Yeah. You say, I just, but this is, this is really, eat more, yeah. eat more, take more yeah. time, put, put away Netflix for a while yeah. and sit with the Lord mm-hmm. and you'll find that eating at that table, mm-hmm. he performs a work in you that nothing else can. Mm-hmm. And you'll begin to find that you kind of just eat your way into overcoming. <laughs> you eat your way into a supernaturalness mm-hmm. where you live by another. You see, mm-hmm. the only way. Let's say it like this. Men are bound to their selfishness and their self-centeredness mm-hmm. and the lusts of this world until they sit at the feet of him who feeds with bread from another world. Mm-hmm. And when they eat that bread, which is he himself, something begins to change on the inside and the nature is different. Mm-hmm. You f- when you feast on the Lord, you feed your good appetites. Mm-hmm. When, in other words, the scripture tells us that we have new desires put in our hearts in Ezekiel. Yes. Right, so you have a new heart, new desires. Loves righteousness, hates wickedness. Oh yes, yes. and mm-hmm. you just you, you have a whole new value system. Mm-hmm. You feed on the Lord, and that value system increases mm-hmm. so much so that you can hate sin. Some people say to me sometimes, "How do you hate sin? Like, well, how? What's the way to hate sin? Because we can recognize it to be wrong, but sure. to hate it, mm-hmm. like I hate that. That's a different kind of heart that comes from somewhere." Mm-hmm. And it is him who's anointed with the oil of gladness, him who loves righteousness and hates wickedness yeah. and is anointed with joy above all his fellows, Christ, the righteous one. <sighs> Man, so good. And even Jesus talked about the kingdom being a seed on the inside <laughs> of our hearts. That seed has everything that the kingdom is <laughs> in, in small form. It's not like over time we're taking outside elements and putting it into that seed. No, everything that that seed will become that entire tree is inside of that little seed. So the fullness Mm. is there planted and needs to be in good soil. Yes. And our hearts are good soil and we need to till that ground. Sometimes the ground gets a little fallow, but we need, Hey, listen, all the elements, the sunlight, sunlight, we need water. We need all the different elements. And Jesus even talks about the kingdom growing, yes, growing as we Put it in, obviously, the, you know, the seeds in the ground as the water and the sun and all of this, the living water of the Holy Spirit. Mm. 
the sunlight of the presence of God, the son of God himself. And as we feed ourselves with the word of God, so I'm just, Jesus even uses that as like, hey, listen, like you're saying, as you feed that part of yourself, as it grows to be the largest tree, the smallest seed, <laughs> the largest tree, and then birds are going to be able to come now <laughs> and enter rest in that shade. Yeah. To, to get to that place of, wow, I'm so filled with God. My heart is his alone. And then you start seeing people come to you like, these people want to know what we have. You know what I mean? People yeah. want to see what, what in the world do you have that I don't have? Because we fostered that interior life with the Lord where now fruit is coming out effortlessly because of our union with him. Yeah. And now people want to come and, and receive from that. Yeah. The fatness breaks the yoke. Yeah. You, you keep eating and that you'll get bigger and bigger and crack that yoke off your own <laughs> neck. You know, the fatness breaks the yoke. And I think it's important also to realize David says he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Yeah. That mm -hmm. even in the face of whatever you think it is that's going to take your life, no matter how much power it has, strength it has, how fearful it is, Jesus prepares a table mm -hmm. before you in, in the presence of your enemies. And I think it's important to realize that one thing is on his mind, even more than the stuff that's trying to snuff you out, mm -hmm. all the things that are oppressing you. God has one thing on his mind, and it's this question. Will you eat with me? Yeah. In the midst of whatever it is, will you eat with me? Lord, I need you to do Will you eat with me? This is where God's mind is. It's his first priority. Eat with me. Yeah. But God, I have actual problems that need actual solving. And here was, here's what he said. Will you eat with me? Mm -hmm. Because what happens with all the oppressions is they're trying to push you away from the table. Mm -hmm. But if you'll go to the table and eat with the Lord, he will not necessarily remove everything, mm -hmm. but he will make you what you need to be. Exactly. And how are you going to get a divine solution from God if you're not eating with him? Like, think <laughs> about it. Like, if I, if I need a solution for my situation or if I yes. need power for my situation, how am I going to get that without coming to him? He's, he's my source of life. And so like, we, we try to, we just try to like muster up the strength, the finances, the call this person, reach out, do this, get another job, all that different stuff. Uh -huh. And God might lead you to get another job. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that when we come to him mm -hmm. as the source of our lives and we trust in our Abba, our father, mm -hmm. that he has all things in his hands and that he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. We're blessed with every spiritual blessing and that he's the shepherd. We're the sheep. We hear his voice. Like if we trust those realities, we'll come and we'll dine with him. And like you said, he might not take away everything, but how are we going to get a solution to our problem? How are we going to hear a word that shoots a life through us so that we can endure and, and walk through victoriously in Christ without that? Yeah, totally. We, Man. Mankind wants the leading and forgets the feeding. But if you're ever going to be led, you have to first be fed. Yeah. So if we just focus on, on eating, then eventually will come the leading. Mm -hmm. But if you put the leading before the feeding, you are uh, you're out of whack because your priorities so are wrong. So many of us do that. Yeah. A lot of people. Yeah. It's easy to do it because mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're very fearful. We don't trust the Lord. Mm -hmm. you know. But even as the psalmist says, I think it's 22, uh, 17, uh, Proverbs 22, he says, so that your trust will be in the Lord I have taught you today. Mm -hmm. In other words, yeah. this is the end of all teaching that you would trust in God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Some people might say, and I know, because even yesterday, you know, people are flocking to Eric after the after the service and, and they're like, well, what do I do to be intimate with God like you? You know what I yeah, mean? Like people yeah. see your life and they recognize that you walk with the Lord in a deep way. It's not something you preach. It's what you live every day. And if we can give people a little bit of a glimpse into the life of Eric Gilmore, uh -huh. like what does it practi practically look like for you to feast on the Lord? Like when you use terminology like feast on the Lord, mm -hmm. sit at the table of God, 
receive from him, be fed, adoration, and all these different things. Uh-huh. You know, people are like, great, that sounds wonderful, but how do I, what are some practical things? Like, it would be just great to be like, what's a, what's a, a glimpse into the life of Eric Gilmore? Like, how do you do that with the Lord? So, and I know it's multifaceted, so maybe just yeah, a few Yeah, and glimpses. everybody's kind of different. I'll yeah. just, I'll just uh, do a quick one. Yeah. So remember how we, we brought up Matthew 26, 26. Mm-hmm. They're in the presence of Christ. Mm-hmm. Then Christ gives them bread and wine, or he, he gives them the meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is kind of like a picture for what I practically do. Mm-hmm. They're in the presence of the Lord first, right? because you can't get bread apart mm-hmm. from his presence. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to drink apart from his presence because it yes. comes from and is Proceeds him. Proceeds forth from him, absolutely. Because he's the drink it, and the giver. Of the, he's, yeah, yeah. he's the drink and the giver of the drink. That's right. He's the gift and the giver. Mm-hmm. So first things first is awareness of Christ's presence. Mm-hmm. That's first. And then from there, following the leading of the Holy Spirit, whatever it is he gives. And it may be, and most of the time is for me, the scriptures. And But in the midst of being recognizing God's presence, adoration is clinging to that. That's mm-hmm. Adoration is clinging to the Lord. It's air in the kingdom of God. Yes. So I would say for me, what it looks like is, first and foremost, the recognition of his presence. Now you say, how do I recognize his presence? Well, you need to believe the gospel. <laughs> without believing the gospel, there's no recognition of his presence. Actually, in Ephesians 3, hmm. uh, Paul says that through believing the gospel of Jesus Christ, you receive or are a partaker of the promise mm-hmm. of the Spirit. The promise of the Spirit is the presence of the Lord. You cannot mm-hmm. experience the presence of the Lord without believing the gospel. So maybe it would be good for people that are having a hard time experiencing the presence of the Lord to remember the gospel, Mm -hmm. go back to the gospel and let the gospel be the means by which God fills you again with the presence or makes you aware of a present Mm -hmm. Christ. And then from there, following the leadings of the spirit and the reading of the scriptures, the Mm -hmm. pray reading, you're reading and praying it back out. Everything is just kind of in between. You you Mm -hmm. have adoration where you cling to the Lord you have the bread of the word and you have the worship of the wine. Mm-hmm. You have these things happening constantly. Mm-hmm. You're aware of his presence, reading the scriptures and worshiping the Lord in prayer and in, in mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. there's like this wonderful mixture of yeah. flowing in and out of each other. One Puritan said that three golden pipes through which the golden oil flows are prayer, worship, and the word. Come on. I love that. And some people, um, you know, when it comes to the presence note right there of, you know, first you know, experience his presence, be, be aware of his presence. You know, I had somebody come up to me one time and they said, um, how do I get into the presence of God? That was the word for word question. How do I get into the presence of God? And I thought for a second, I'm like, how do I respond to this the best possible way? Because I'm not getting into the presence of God. I'm just not. So I just looked at her and I said, you get into the presence of God by realizing you never leave. You're always there. <laughs> It's a faith awareness that he is Christ in me, the hope of glory. He's Emmanuel, God with me continually. I don't climb my way up to him. He came down to me and he made a home inside of my body. And that was his idea. And he doesn't leave when I sin. (laughs) He doesn't shrink back. And yeah, sometimes if I'm doing something I shouldn't be or thinking a certain way that I shouldn't or treating someone in a way I shouldn't, I feel the grievance of the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. He's in here. If I say something to someone, that may have been a little too harsh. Mm, I feel a little something on the inside of me because the Holy Spirit lives in me. And then I say, you know what, man? I probably shouldn't have said it that way. Sorry, you know, had a rough morning, but 
you know, whatever. And then you apologize to the Lord leads you to do that, to release forgiveness, to apologize. And so, but it's always Christ in us. He is mm-hmm. right there, whether we feel him or not, whether we're getting a dream or a vision or not, whether we have the tingles or not, whether our <laughs> heart is filled with the love of God, like the sensations of his love or not. I think just that springboard, that is just for me, a foundational like just getting to that, like you said, to get into the gospel, that is the gospel mm. for me to say, okay, you know what? Feelings are great, but faith precedes feelings. Mm. Feelings don't happen first. And then we believe because we have the feelings. No, we mm. believe the truth because it is the truth. And then feelings come as a byproduct. And so that was huge for me personally, not striving for something like, like I don't have it or like I need to bring it down or Jesus needs to walk in the room. Like he doesn't live in me or I need to rent the heavens yeah. when he rent the heavens, just Changing that mentality of you have some things we hear in church frequently. Yeah. Even, you know, like, yo, he just walked into the room. I get it. His manifest <laughs> presence just became very real in the room, but he was always here yeah. in our midst and in us. And so anyway, I could get off my soapbox there, but no, I, I love it. <laughs> as as uh, Hannah Whithall Smith wrote in her classic Christian Secret of a Happy Life, she ties together three F words mm-hmm. and they're they're one. They're one thing, but mm-hmm. three different aspects of yeah. one thing. Fact, faith, feeling. Mm. The fact is what the word of God says. Mm. My faith is I abandon myself to that, and that leads to the feeling. Mm. So these they're, <laughs> so they're tied together. And yeah. you can't stop it when Practical, you can't stop good. it fact, because you have to move into f- believing that. Mm-hmm. that. Yes, it is a fact, but I believe it and abandon myself to it. And following that emptiness mm-hmm. of abandoning yourself to the fact mm-hmm. by faith, then you enter into the experience of of the thing but mm-hmm. until those they all go together they have to they work together mm-hmm. do you feel like some people have a brokenness maybe from their past or how they were raised or i don't know that just hinders them from drawing closer i don't know i just there's some there's certain people say i never felt the love of god like that and i know that they were kind of raised with rejection or you know certain perceptions or the way they were i don't know what are your thoughts on that well, I mean, I, I've been reading a lot of the letters of Fenelon, his mm-hmm. spiritual writings. Mm-hmm. There's a term that he likes that comes up in my mind when you say this. He, call, he calls it mercenary love. Mm-hmm. Mercenary love would be when you love God for yourself, when you mm-hmm. when you love God f- for what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you, this is not a love for God that is disinterested. In other words, a love that is for God and God alone. Mm-hmm. I love you for you. Mm-hmm. But we love God many times with a mercenary love that loves God for for mm-hmm. and i think that is a sabotaging mm-hmm. of our experience that's mm-hmm. a sabotaging of our relationship with the yeah. lord because it's self it's it's a refined self love mm-hmm. i love god for this cuz it benefits me mm-hmm. but to abandon yourself is to say lord i love you for you mm-hmm. and you alone and that's the secret to mm-hmm. actually experiencing the yes. benefits yes. of all that he is Yes, uh, because the mercenary love that loves for its own sake yeah. is not for God, and therefore it doesn't arrive at God. Mm-hmm. And a lot of men have a hard time just, you know, with the Song of Solomon kind of <laughs> thing. And for me, you know, I was um, when I encountered the Jesus when I was nineteen. I'm thirty four now, so it was like what two thousand and eight when I encountered the Lord for the first time. I was undone by His love. <laughs> and it's his love that's been the feast of my life. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, I don't want to, you know, when the Lord first spoke to me, he talked to me about preaching to multitudes and going to the nations and all of these different things. Honestly, I don't want to do any of those things. 
if it wasn't for the presence of God in me and Christ with me. I'm not following him from a distance. We're hand in hand or even closer than that. Mm. And so, um, I don't know, just there's been times the Lord has asked me to even surrender that. Like, because when I first got saved, I'm like, oh, wow, God's going to use me. I want to do it tomorrow. Give me a microphone. Wow. You know, like you're so excited to be used by God. And you, I love him so much and I want to do what's in his heart for my life. But there's been times even asked me to surrender those things Mm -hmm. to him and be like, am I enough for you? Am I enough for you? Am I enough for you? And I love that you even touched on that yesterday Mm -hmm. because we feast on dreams that are in our hearts. Like, oh, I want to have a big building and I want to host these huge gatherings and I want to do this and I want to do that. Or I want to have a business that glorifies God. And all of these are dreams that he most likely, a lot of the time, puts in our hearts, right? But then we feast on that. And it's all about seeing that thing happen and come to fruition where Jesus is now a little bit on the back burner, even though it was a dream that started in his his heart that was deposited in ours. And so just even the, the reality of just like, wow, like he is enough. And if I never have a big building and host massive gatherings, if I never write a book, if I never, no one ever knows my name, if I never have a big thriving business, if I never walk these things out, well, I had him. Man. And that is more than enough. (laughs) That is more than enough. That is everything. Man thinks use. God thinks union. Mm. I think that's the the dividing factor. The gospel isn't use. It's union. Mm -hmm. You know, even prayer itself is just conscious union. It's so simple. Mm-hmm. Madame Guyon said, if we really understood prayer, we'd realize it's easier than breathing. Mm-hmm. You're just conscious of your union with the Lord, that he is in me. And right there, that's where all satisfaction comes. Like I was saying last night, he frees you from the need to have anything else. Mm-hmm. Now your works come forth from a union satisfaction yes. and they are effortless you begin to do more on accident than you ever did on purpose mm, lovers get more done than workers that's it workers burn out lovers burn on <laughs> and on and on and on <laughs> but even in daniel it says in the last days talking about the wars and all these different things that are going to take place it says those who knew their god mm. will accomplish great exploit exploits those who know their god that's the key no we yeah. know him intimately yeah and those are the ones that will accomplish great exploits in his name. Yes. That's key. Yeah. So so we even pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in this knowing mm-hmm. of him. Mm-hmm. That the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to see mm-hmm. that wonderful hope that, sure. of his calling. But also the, the, the riches of the glory of his yes. inheritance in yes. the saints mm-hmm. and the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe. These are all revelation of him yes. and what he has accomplished and what he is in and through us as prophet, priest, and king. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Some, someone, someone might be thinking like, what does Eric Gilmore do? Does he just worship all day? Does he just <laughs> feast at the table of the Lord all day? Yes. But at the same time, you got a life. You're, you're here in Dallas. You're preaching all weekend. Yes. You're traveling around. You're writing books. You're going all over the place. You have a beautiful wife and kids you go home to and you've got responsibilities Mm. and so you have ministry you have your family you have all this going on but it's learning to and i love brother lawrence the practice of the presence of the lord a book that changed my life 10 years ago (laughs) but it's just those moments of adoration in the midst of the busyness we don't need three or four hour chunks of time that's great when you have a whole day to just be with the lord and we should schedule that out because it's important we need to have days with the lord chunks (laughs) of time just for the lord but it's you get in the midst of busyness mm-hmm. 
Just turn your heart to him. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, there it is. Ah, you love me. Thank you. You're my strength today. (laughs) And then move on, man. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful because now when you don't think you have to bring his presence down or pray in the spirit enough to get filled with the Holy Spirit, now you could just go, Jesus. Yeah, you recognize his presence. And then boom, just right there. Yeah. Just right there. You don't need to work it up. You don't need to pray it up. And hey, don't get me wrong. I love praying in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> yeah, me too. I love praying in the Holy Spirit. Tongues, it builds yeah. my spirit up. It peppers I love. the whole day. Oh, man, I love it so much. But when you have that revelation of the abiding spirit mm-hmm. of God, you just go, Jesus, then boom. Thank yeah. you, Lord. I want to I live my day, my busy day from this place. Empower me. Because truly, that's how Adam was supposed to walk. Adam was not supposed to frolic in the garden. Adam and Eve weren't going to frolic in the garden, hang out in hammocks all day, <laughs> and worship, you know, with, with a guitar or whatever. That's not, they were in the garden with the Lord, walking with him face to face in his presence, and they had a job to do. <laughs> they were tilling the ground. They were, they were going to expand the reality of the Garden of Eden throughout the world. They were supposed to reproduce, have children, overtake and so all of this, but they were meant to do those things empowered by the presence mm-hmm. from a place of intimacy so that they're not toiling by the sweat of their brow, which is the curse, which we mentioned a little bit earlier. Yeah. And so, yeah, we got work to do as believers, for sure. We have a calling, for sure. But don't do it in your own strength, my God. Oh, yeah. That's why there's so many ministers that are falling out there, that are struggling out there. And then we say, what happened to that man's anointed ministry? Hmm. Well, you know, life gets busy and priorities get you know? Yeah. I, with a lot of ministers, ministry becomes a mistress instead of offspring. Mm. It should be the re, be result of marital union. It, sh, mm. it should flow forth from your intimate encounters yes. with the Lord, your intimate relationship with the Lord, instead of being a mistress on the side, something that you get pleasure from apart from the Lord. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, it's a big problem with, with us as humans. It's kind of like a propensity that we, that we have. But to recognize him as Christ, the bridegroom, is to recognize love to be the source and center. I remember Brother Lawrence wrote in that book you quoted, The yeah. Practice of the Presence of God. Mm-hmm. He said, love is the quickest route to God. Yeah. <laughs> love is the quickest route to God. I mean, sometimes in my chair, when I, I did this this morning, actually, mm-hmm. when I sat there quietly and I found my mind just kind of going here and there. And so I just closed, I just kept my eyes closed and I just took a deep breath and I just started saying, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Just like this. Jesus, I love you. I really do. Just like this, bro, I can feel the glory right now. <laughs> but just, it was yes. just focusing with my heart love. My, mm-hmm. my heart love. Madame Guyon said, prayer is the internal exercise of love. You know, it's this, uh, the application of the heart to God. Lord, I give mm. you my heart. Here's my heart. Yeah. You know, there it is. That's the that's mm. the root. Even Brother Lawrence said, you can pick up a straw or peel a potato to the glory of God if you do it in adoration. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, so good. I don't even know where to go from here. The presence of the Lord is just so heavy. Thank you, Lord. Yes. We love you, Jesus. I think that we were, we were creating, there, there is a mission. Mm. There is a mission. He did say, go and make disciples of all nations. He did say, raise the dead, heal the sick, you know, cleanse the lepers. You know, he did say that. And, you know, he does want us to, to go into the world and, and bring the gospel. And so I believe that it, it was um, deposited in us to do and to mm-hmm. go um, mm-hmm. and to and to get things done. But um, it's stifled mm-hmm. and it doesn't it uh, it operates in the flesh when we don't have the first thing, the first thing. 
Yeah, it's, the, the best part, which it's really is good. what Mary of Bethany did at the feet of Jesus, just that time of gazing in his eyes, mm-hmm. just receiving the words that come from his lips at his feet in that posture of humility and dependency, yeah. and just receiving from him. Um, and that's and that's everything. You know, just like the woman at the well, she encountered the Lord and she she went out and she told everybody in her city about this Jesus that she encountered that <laughs> told her everything about her life. But she had that conversation with the Lord at mm-hmm. the well. Yes. And she had that experience of his kindness. <laughs> and she had she had repentance and, and and the kindness of the Lord and his love and 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 that's what empowered her to go out yeah. and to do it. And so I feel like, yeah, man, it's it's something that if we don't, if our priorities are not right and we're not keeping the main thing the main thing, then we can use this God-given gift that he has given us to accomplish things, to get things done, but it's stifled and it's done in the flesh, which brings brokenness and some open doors in our life, you know? Yeah, it's true. I mean, there's a difference mm-hmm. between results and fruit, mm-hmm. you know? Results are not necessarily fruit, mm-hmm. but you can have fruit without a whole lot of results mm-hmm. you know it's like what has god told you to do yeah. do that little well for what is great and what is small tis only god can tell mm-hmm. you know it's like even like when you're saying the works that god has for us created beforehand for us to walk in them mm-hmm. that's ephesians two ten. just before that he says by grace you have been saved through faith this not of yourself lest any man should boast mm-hmm. then right after it he says remember that you were formerly this but now the blood of jesus has cleansed you mm-hmm. so sandwiched works are sandwiched between a revelation of a finished work that's it yeah <laughs> come on dude well let's end with that wow right. well lord we just thank you and eric as ever you're led however you're led to pray but lord we just thank you right now for who you are mm. yes god for who you are and for what you have done yes my god single-handedly that you are the vicarious man we could not <laughs> do it lord but you lived the life we could not live and you died the death that we deserved and you rose again and we rose with you and we are seated with you in the heavenly places so that spiritually face to face with you in the throne room. Thank you. That we live from that place of throne room worship and and love, connection. We just thank you, Lord, for opening the ears of those who are listening and watching this right now. And that eye salve would be on their eyes, God. And they would see you in a light that they have never seen you before. And that they would experience your tenderness like they never have before. (laughs) We just thank you for your kingdom. It's not here nor there, but it's within them. So may their spirit arise, God. And may they yield to your tender mercies. Thank you for revolutionizing their lives, transforming them, God, by your gospel. Yes. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you would grant, according to the riches of your glory, for us to be strengthened with power through the Spirit in our inner man so that Christ will dwell in our hearts through faith. We'd be rooted and grounded in love and able to comprehend the breadth, the width, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that we might be filled with the fullness of God in your precious name. Amen. Lord, that's said enough. The word of God just right there. Just close the book right there. <laughs> close the conversation with the word of God right there. And so, Eric, man, tell people how they can connect more with your ministry. I know you got a lot of resources out there. I know you mentioned some of it earlier, 
But where's a one-stop shop for people to really, if they want to dive into this and grow in their intimacy with God? We, we have a website where everything is accessible there. It's mm-hmm. uh, sonshipintl.org. Mm-hmm. That's, that's S-O-N, mm-hmm. sonshipintl.org. But um, YouTube is where our biggest following is. Mm-hmm. We have lots of videos on there, instrumentals, teachings, mm-hmm. things like that. Awesome. But if they want to look at anything, our apparel, we've got all kinds of stuff. We've got mm-hmm. 30 books out. So mm-hmm. uh, if they want to look at it, they can just jump on that, sonshipintl.org. Come on, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. And Honored. For- preaching your heart out yesterday at our regional <laughs> gathering here in Dallas and just coming in and being with me. And I appreciate it, bro. Thank you so much. Always great being with you. Honored, man. For those who are watching, thank you so much for tuning in to Awaken Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they could be blessed, they could be stirred, they could be awakened by the gospel of Jesus. Bless you. And I'll speak to you next time on Awaken Podcast. <laughs> Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, Just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know Him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering Him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter His presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org, lifepouredoutintl.org. TL.org, or you can go to destinyimage.com. The audiobook is available as well on amazon.com, as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com. And so bless you guys. Grab a copy of Immersed in His Glory. Thank you.